Well, I have a question for my audience. Have I, in fact, solved an open philosophy question? Is the problem of inference. This idea of where do our ideas come from? Like, um, I'll use modern uh, uh, tropes. Uh, Back to the Future, part of the um, plot of Back to the Future was Dr. Brown came up with the idea for the flux capacitor when he slipped and fell and hit, hit his head. Eureka, this idea. Well, my solution to the inference problem is actually to turn it on its head and argue that a belief that it's inference, right, in ignoring kenosis, uh, what it, which is often translated as mindfulness or acquired knowledge, I'd say it's actually an, anumana, right, or even shikaku, according to uh, Nishitani or Nishida, one or the other. But neither here nor there. It's not inference. It's actually, I call it the, um, the Seamus solution or the Seamus effect. So if you look at old, and actually I got this idea from Columbo, watching some, uh, see, this is the beauty of it too, Columbo being a two hour long drama back in the day is able to be condensed down to 10 minutes, in which gives you the entirety of what used to take an hour and 40 minutes plus commercials. So they drop these little hints over the time. Same as the old Seamus books. And um, gosh, I used to watch it when I was young. Um, Stacy Keach. This idea that these individual little hints to the crime or to the solution made no sense until they were dropped. Or even better, that the best show made you not even notice that they were plot points or clues until the very end when you... Right? Depending on how good you were, or I argue once again, mindfulness, how present you are, whether you notice these little plot points or hints uh, or data, right? Do you realize what's salient, what's not, requires presence and uh, education, understanding, right? So this goes to my idea, and I looked it up. Doubt, doubt is only a part. I actually. Instead of saying doubt is the optimum, I actually went back in time to one of my earlier solutions, this idea that ignorance is transformed into doubt. Doubt in Latin, this idea of questioning. Right? That's the way I've explained it, right? Doubt allows you to be open to questioning your own inferences. And when it comes to the solution of the open problem of inference, it's not so much inference as awareness. So we're aware and, and cognizant. What talks about cognition requires imagination, put the points together, but memory. So here's where memory comes in. And your cognition is there to put this stuff together. It's funny how since we understand that much about cognition, yet we still consider inference an open problem. It's only an open problem because it's not inference, right? Inference is almost what Jung would have called an archaic man's solution to this problem, grasping at the meta, instead of realizing that we have this powerful computer in our minds. Uh, as Friston, the physicist, says, it's there to predict our outcomes, to give us at least some sort of idea of where to go. So that's why I say ignorance to doubt, because doubt 
allows you to look for uh, an avenue. As Jung said, if an error informs more than what I once held to be true, well, I'm going to follow where the error leads me. So again, the Seamus solutions. We love this drama uh, where we get these little hints that we may or may not pick up until the very end. Some of us may need, and if you notice this, when you take on these, say, these crime dramas, these neo-noirs, at first you don't put the uh, little pieces together. But over time, as you get used to, right? And this is this idea, you're building up your store to be able to predict, right? They're not exactly, but you can infer the connections. You can put these together. They're not inferences as much as they are connections, right? I mean, this nine-point problem is turned on its head because what we need to do is not try to fit everything into a puzzle. What we need to do is trust, like a jigsaw puzzle, that at first they won't seem like they go together, but over time with confidence and commitment, right? You can lead one to wisdom. So this is where I finalize this and say that wisdom is just a series of um, doubts that led to, again, doubt being Latin for questioning. Those questions led to a trust, right? You came to this conclusion that I will go this way or this action might result in this um, result. This action might result in, in X. And if historically, right, memory has shown me this might work uh, in this case or what have you, so wisdom is just a series of successful uh, trust actions. So I've, I've stepped one, either one back or maybe one forward in the idea that um, not as much trust, uh, sorry, not as much doubt as being the guiding principle. It's that um, when in doubt, uh, meaning not having an answer, one must be open to all possibilities and then guided by memory imagination and I mean a certain rooting grounding previous experience call it wisdom if you wish knowledge whatever you want being grounded you go and take an additional step led with trust and and just follow that right so I argue it's not so much inference right where do we come to these conclusions how does it lead us to these it's the three-body problem in solution, right? So how does the human mind get around this incredible complex situation that there's so many moving parts that no computer can predict the outcome because there's just too much uh, entropy or chaos, whatever you'd want to call it, um, too much noise in the system for, for any sort of um, algorithm, to suss out meaningful salient data, but in walks the human mind that is so powerful. I mean, it's proven by the fact that incremental um, improvements are not even noticed by the mind. We actually have to have trust and hope in, say, fitness and in exercise and improvement, right? Some of the top athletes in the world are separated by fractions of a percent. Much of this is attitude, right? So it's, it's this exact situation that 
the mind gets over this hurdle that there's way too much data, too much noise, too much to be able to put it together for the average. But because of how we're set up, and I argue this system is often hijacked by trauma, but this is originally designed, this system is designed to connect all the little pieces over time. And, and we are so, we're so somatic in our experience that we don't have faith that this was just, like I said, a, a shameless solution. Which is weird because we love these TV shows like Columbo or one of these detective uh, series or even some of these podcasts about true crime. We love when we connect the dots to the past. And yet, we tend to freak out when we have to put these points together for us. What we just need to realize is all of this training of hindsight, looking how these points went together, is meant to inform us. Inform us in our confidence to have trust. Inform us in our memory and in our imagination and this entire cognitive function of reason and logic because it is very fluid. Remember the idea of Basho. It's two characters uh, used to represent place and actually being present, ready to take action. Right? Just like the characters for being a human being requires a person and the passage of time. This idea of being present and actually taking part. Same idea in the Bhagavad Gita. There's lots of ways to get to wisdom, but the best way is going out and taking that first step idea. I know that's, that's the worst, but what I mean by this is, is to overcome this doubt that we can achieve it and the knowledge that we won't see the improvement until long after the achievement. It's a way to hack this, kind of like the Seamus programs or Columbo. This idea that almost everyone in the last few minutes, when it's all being tied together, go, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, oh, pff, oh yeah, 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 I remember that part. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly, I knew it was the maid. But nobody goes and applies these same truths to everyday life, right? That's reason, that's logic, that's cognitive thinking, that's what uh, Buddhism was originally designed for. That's why I say it's the Sati, uh, Sati Shemis solution, right? The Sati Sampajana solution, this idea to remember, right? What are you remembering? Well, you're remembering these truths of existence plus your previous experience plus that you need to be present plus you need to be focused on what's salient, what's important, what's relevant, what's apropos, whatever word you want to use, but be aware, be active and engaged. And, and, and then we don't have to have someone tie all these points together for us in the end we can actually either have faith that we're working on this secretly in the background, right? That's what the human mind is. It's this magical, if you want, this magical computer that's able to put together um, so many disparate uh, data points that even computers would only, uh, only dream of being able to do. You can have faith that the mind will do that. And when you come upon an inference, you can have faith and the trust and the understanding, the commitment that um, being aware and present allows you 
to make choices, not knowing what's the right way to proceed, but with confidence, right? That's the takeaway here. You can't actually know how to proceed because what happened last won't be exactly the same. Even if it is nearly identical, you're in a different situation. You're a different person. So your reaction is going to have to evolve. So the trick here is not knowing. The trick is trusting. Trusting that if you make the choice based on what you know to be correct at the time with the right intention, then you can proceed with no regret. And like I said earlier, that idea of trauma or surprise um, to, to Carl Friston, the idea that um, from the German root of Traum or dream, that you're not reliving your past mistakes as if they were today. You're paying attention to the present so that you can partake in the providence.